Welcome to the Drawn to Scale podcast. I'm Pablo Cortez. My guest today is Carter. Uh, Carter is the creator and host of Design It Green, a platform dedicated to teaching and exploring the world of landscape architecture and urban design. As a recent graduate in the field of landscape architecture and urban design, Carter hopes to help students aspiring and inquiring designers to better visualize their designs and future endeavors in the field. Carter, thanks again for uh, joining me for an episode. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It's a, it's a little rainy today, so it's, it's a gloomy outside, but uh, I'm doing Same good. Same here, actually. Yeah, oh, you're right. That's right. Uh, so Carter is in Boston um, on the East Coast, and um, we're going to talk about his uh, YouTube uh, platform and social media platform that he uses to um, get information out there. Um, Carter, uh, I, I do want to start off, um, maybe talk a little bit about how you decided to pursue a degree in, in landscape architecture and urban design. Yeah, so um, I think like a lot of landscape architects, it's kind of interesting because I think I sort of ended up in this field uh, by accident. Uh, my whole life, you know, I always thought you know, to become an engineer and I always wanted to be, you know, a mechanical engineer and work on the next big tech in the automotive industry. And, you know, I always had a large interest in cars, so I kind of thought I would, you know, end up at BMW or something. But, you know, I don't know if this was just because how I was brought up, you know, I was from a family of a lot of engineers and I always enjoyed learning about the process of how things are made and built, as well as, you know, taking part in building them myself. So, you know, I applied originally in school for engineering and, you know, it wasn't until I attended this lecture on civil engineering and landscape architecture by a well-known, you know, regional design build firm uh, that I discovered what it was. Um, and, you know, I was instantly drawn to it from there for some reason. I think looking back, uh, maybe it was because on the surface it seemed like it was a marriage between two things that I really enjoy, which is nature and building things. So after about a semester, I just wasn't sure about mechanical engineering anymore. So I decided, you know, as a freshman, there's no better time to make a switch. So I switched into landscape architecture and from there, you know, the rest, the rest is really history. And, you know, of course, as I learned more about the field and, you know, started to really gravitate towards kind of the urban or commercial side of things, um, was really just because I really liked kind of creating enjoyable spaces for people to interact, learn, and be back in nature. So I think like a lot of people, it was something I didn't know about till college and then pursued it from there. Yeah, that's uh, that's uh, it makes a lot of sense. I honestly did not know that landscape architecture was a thing. When I started when I started college, just like just like yourself, I think a lot of people have that um, experience. Um, did your, was your program, was it a four-year program, five-year? What is... Um, how long did it take you to go through the program? Yeah, so I graduated from uh, University of Massachusetts, Amherst, um, and it was a, a four-year program, and I have nothing but compliments about their program. It was really rigorous, but, uh, you know, just an awesome experience as well. Did you start working during school? Did you wait till you finished? How did, your, uh, how did you start working in the field? Um, so I took on an internship during the second semester of my senior year, and this was, you know, during COVID, so it was the time of like, are you really sure you'd be able to get a job or not when the field ends and whatnot? So I kind of wanted to get my foot in the door um, because I had an internship that was canceled summer of my junior year because of COVID. So I didn't have any experience, so I was really nervous. So I decided to take on 
an internship while finishing up my uh, schooling. And then after I graduated, I stayed on with them and have been working with them since. It worked out. Nice. Um, so so you're working out of, straight out of school and then you started this green platform, the Design It Green platform. Uh, what made you decide to start the Design It Green? Yeah, so I started uh, the Design It Green platform, I think, back in February of this year. And, you know, I think for me, there's kind of two main reasons why I decided to create it. Uh, the first, you know, is about going back to my own journey and how I got to landscape architecture. Uh, you know, between myself and, you know, talking with others in the field and kind of sharing similarities and how they found it also. And, you know, just knowing the impact the field can have and all of the kind of misconceptions and kind of stereotypes that surround the field on what it is. You know, I wanted to be that person who could not only clarify, you know, what this field is all about, but also to hopefully reach a broader audience and get people involved in this field younger and make it more well known. And then second, I think, uh, is about giving back to landscape architecture and the kind of the people who are studying it. Uh, you know, YouTube and social media is, you know, such a huge part of young people's lives now. And the amount of knowledge you can learn and share on these platforms is, you know, it's just really unbelievable. And, you know, as a student, everyone around you, kind of regardless of what major they're in or what, you know, they're interested in, you know, there's a place they can go and learn about it. Um, if they don't know how to do something, you know, whether it's about art or mathematics or science, you know, there's a gazillion channels that exist that cover pretty much any topic you can think of um, and, and whatever you're looking for. And when it came to landscape architecture, there's just pretty much none of that, uh, which is total opposite of what you'd expect. But it makes it really hard for, you know, a person to find A, you know, what it is, and B, if you're studying it, a place to learn and improve from outside of your professors. And then I think, uh, you know, additionally building on that, I think landscape architecture is just really competitive. Um, and in my experience, it can be hard sometimes to get people, you know, in your studio to share their own discoveries and, you know, how to do various tasks in landscape architecture faster or at a higher quality. So by, you know, having a channel and outlet to go to um, that's, you know, separate from studio space, you know, from someone who's learned some of the secrets and, you know, shares that with the world will hopefully not only make, you know, that single person better, but also to improve the quality of landscape design overall. So it's all about, you know, giving back to the community and giving people an opportunity to learn, share ideas and build a community about landscape architecture. Yeah, it's interesting you bring up the uh, the sharing of that knowledge, right? Those ideas. Um, I think it also carried, I saw, in my experience, it's carried over into the professional field where, um, in my experience, the firms that I've worked for or even just knowing how other firms work is they keep a lot of their processes pretty tight, right? They don't really tend to share how they do things, which is funny because everybody's, for the most part, doing the same thing or getting to the same endpoint, right? Getting the project um, out the door. Um, and yeah, I think that's something that is definitely missing is that sort of cooperation between firms. Obviously, it's competitive. There's money involved in um, getting things done uh, faster and, and correctly. But uh, I think there's a lot to be uh, gained from being able to just reach out to other uh, firms and seeing how they're doing things and maybe incorporate into your practice or, you know, them taking some stuff from what you're doing and kind of, you know, working in that way. Um, 
Yeah. Uh, you, you also mentioned earlier, you are working right now at a firm. Um, how do, how does that work with your time working on the platform and, um, being, you know, doing the design work in the office? Um, you know, well, in short, it's, it's, uh, it's not easy. Um, you know, it re really just kind of requires to have great time management discipline, you know, as you know, especially with our field, uh, time, isn't necessarily on our side all the time. Uh, but, you know, for me, it's about kind of making a schedule of tasks um, or, you know, a content calendar for each month or the week. And then, you know, searching within myself to find the best times to make kind of small progressions in the tasks. So it's, you know, usually spending an hour or two uh, or more a night, you know, after work on whatever it is that I have as a goal for the week. But, you know, as you know, of course, in the field, it's not always that black and white. And, I'll have to sometimes work on my content late into the night or early in the morning just to kind of keep the ball rolling. But to me, I kind of view uh, my content creation as my creative outlet. And I think it helps kind of keep me grounded and from kind of burning out on work. Uh, just because as an entry level to starting to move towards kind of a mid-level employee, you know, there's a lot of monotonous things that you do as a landscape architect, uh, entry level, you know, like endless CAD exercises or details and, you know, some of the other things that kind of come with the work. So it's just kind of a constant juggling exercise that's ever changing, but I'm definitely learning to get better at it. What was your experience uh, starting to work in an, in an office going from what you've been learning in school. You mentioned there's a lot of that monotony. I certainly experienced it. Um, was it something that, was it surprising to you or was it more something that you kind of just, I don't know, got used to if, for lack of a better term? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think, I speaking from my experience in my college program, I think you're exposed to it a little bit and you saw how rigorous it was. I remember like, uh, the first semester class we had, we had maybe like 40 students. And by the end of it, it was down to 20 just from the, the workload. But uh, I think even still when I got into the field, I was a little bit shocked or drawn back, I guess, a little bit on just how much monotony there is in it. And I think with school, you know, you take one example and you do it over and over again and the project's done and it's maybe seven weeks or 14 weeks whereas when you get into you know the real world you know that project's maybe two years and you're doing this constant back and forth with the client or with you know other teams and you might go so far in one direction and then you go all the way back to the beginning or in a different direction and you're kind of doing the same thing over and over again on this one project so it kind of takes a toll a little bit but that's just my experience. Yeah, and now you have, then you have the um, design of green to kind of fall back on and kind of make it your own thing, right? The differences between school and work is that in in school you're kind of spending all this time to make something look really, really pretty or really intriguing to hopefully, you know, intrigue the audience or you know get a job. Whereas in work. You're really learning about how to do something to a certain level to whatever the firm's standards are, but how to do that as fast as possible and how to get that out the door as fast as possible. So the creativity, in my opinion, leaves a little bit um, when you're kind of an intern to an entry-level employee because you're not really doing the creative side 
Uh, luckily, I work in kind of a smaller firm, so I do get to have input and you know have my own design ideas and express those or whatnot. But it's definitely a little bit of a challenge when you're just kind of receiving red lines and that's your goal, you know, every day on day on day. So this content uh, gives you a different outlet to kind of go back to some of the more enjoyable things that you maybe liked in school. Yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of the content itself, uh, getting started on that, what was the biggest sort of challenge that you saw in getting it going and uh, maybe even the biggest challenges now that you have it going? I think the biggest challenge for me was to just start doing it. Um, I think with anything design-wise, sharing your ideas and thoughts and just also who you are as a person to the world is kind of a scary thing to do. Uh, so originally it was a lot of fighting internally of just not feeling like, you know, maybe you're not qualified enough to make, you know, an educational platform or be teaching things how to do it when you're still learning yourself. Um, and until I think I made my first few videos and saw the positivity and the love from you know, people just across the world uh, that I really felt like, you know, I, I could do this and I had a space for it. Um, and then I think, you know, a runner up challenge would be just the skill and knowledge of content creation itself, like just learning how to put together a video and all the other things that come with it. What, what are you using to record? Are you using your phone? Do you have a setup at home, some lighting or is it mostly um... Because a lot of your stuff is on, you're at a, at a desk, right? You're presenting to the viewer. Um, I'm just curious, your equipment that you use. Um, so yeah, I, I bought um, kind of a lot of entry-level equipment. So I have a Canon M50 camera that I use for, you know, all of my recording and whatnot for talking head stuff, etc. And then just Adobe and OBS for screen recording and all that, uh, all that other jazz. <laughs> How, what's your schedule for releasing stuff? Do you have, are you on a set schedule or do you just whenever you, you have time? Um, so I try and be consistent. I try to, you know, be posting on YouTube. I think every other Sunday is what I go for. And then uh, like two to three times a week on Instagram, which is kind of either clips of content or just smaller nitpicks or little tips that I can give. So, yeah. Yeah, we're... um. We're, we're starting to do, uh, we have some videos that we're going to shoot for the business part, the, the CTO landscape architecture. Um, but I don't know how consistent we're going to be able to keep that. So it's something that I'm thinking about right now and how to keep that going. You know, as because the podcast, even the podcast is kind of hard to get it consistent. <laughs> I don't know if you, I don't know if you notice there's big, big gaps at certain times. So. Well, it's a very niche, it's a very niche topic. So it's like, you got to be getting people and there's it's a smaller volume of people <laughs> to begin with <laughs> yep and then the, and then there's the uh then there's the work the work gets in the way a lot right where it's like okay well we want to shoot one record friday but we can't because we got to get stuff out by friday uh afternoon or whatever but yeah what are your uh future plans for the platform and uh, you know your career as well platform wise i really just want to continue to build upon what i've already started um but one of the things I really think would be fun and a cool creative opportunity was to, you know, create a website that you could go to that kind of maybe offers classes or downloadable content on landscape architecture like PNGs or textures or anything that you normally have to search for, you know, all in one place because it's kind of a pain to find and build a library and you're going to learn as your student going through that 
trying to find all those things can be time consuming. Uh, so I think it'd be really cool to have, you know, a website uh, that's somewhat of a combination of like Pinterest and Instagram where, uh, you know, you have all this downloadable stuff, but then you also have a place where you can share your work and ideas and people can discuss and, and talk about them too. And then I think career-wise is uh, sort of unsure. I think I would love to have, you know, what I'm doing, content creation, become, you know, a full-time thing. But, you know, who knows with that? Uh, so in the meantime, you know, my plans are to continue practice and uh, get ready to take my licensure exam in the next year or so. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, that license is big. Um, it's, it's good to see that you're thinking about that now. Um, Carter, uh, where can people uh, see uh, your stuff and, and, and check out Design Green, Design Green? Yeah, so they can check me out on, uh, you know, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at uh, Design It Green. Um, and yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll include links to the show notes. Um, Carter, thanks again for taking the time. Um, you know, this, this, I, think, uh, I think a lot of people, especially people in school now, are going to get a lot of, of, uh, of useful information um, checking out your platform and the, the things that you're putting out there. Um, even though, you know, like you mentioned, you're just starting out in the field, um, but that already, you know, just sharing that information of, of what you're doing and how your uh, experiences uh, uh, starting out is a ton of, of, of good info because, you know, for someone like me that uh, started this, started in the field about 15, 20 years ago, none of that existed, right? It was all just a school and then moving into work. This kind of, I think this would help to balance out a lot of that transition or even just getting that knowledge out there of uh, from um, finishing school and getting started in your career in, in the field. So um, yeah, I mean, good luck with everything. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to see what else uh, you got going on in the future. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you, Pablo, and the Drawn and Scale podcast for having me on and choosing to you know talk with you it was yeah. it was fun thanks carter